So if you want to do your own personality profiling, learn all of the details of what it means to understand Myers-Briggs personality archetypes, the details of cognitive functions, and really get into the nitty-gritty of each personality type. Get to know your family, your friends, how to conduct these personality interviews, and really have these deep connections with people. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E. And by joining our Patreon of any of the three tiers, all the tiers are the same. They're just different levels of accessibility, including a cheap tier, basically an accessibility tier, a standard tier, and then a sponsor tier that if you want to sponsor someone else to be able to join the community and learn, you can do that as well. So go to dopamine doc, or, or patreon.com slash dopamine and join our Patreon to learn how to personality profile for yourself. Hey everybody, c here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like the end of the world. It's already here. I'm kidding. That's cynical. That's that's a joke. Uh, today on the show, uh, I want you to think about those movies that... Those movies are TV shows, like not unlike the Umbrella Academy, where there is a doomsday scenario where the characters, the team, or whoever, come face-to-face with a prophecy of the end of the world or something terrible that's going to happen. And as a result of that uh, knowledge, they are tasking themselves with the task of, of attempting to fix the problem. And usually in the attempt to fix the problem, they end up actually causing the problem. And uh, this is an example of what is called a self-fulfilling prophecy that no matter what you do, the thing that you're aware of that's about to happen, you end up making happen. And uh, that's what I want to talk about on this episode is how we as people create self-fulfilling prophecies for ourselves with our unconscious behavior based on what we know, quote unquote, what we predict, quote unquote, about the future, about what's happening, about what we suspect the future is going to look like. So without further ado, let's hit the button and do the thing here on Dopamine. Let's go. Drums, All right, friends, welcome back to the show. I hope you're doing okay. This is your second or third time listening to this podcast. I would appreciate if you subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. It helps spread the word of the show, share it with a friend, um, and uh, just let me know what your experience has been like. And I'm always trying to improve the show, so it helps. I, your feedback is very helpful, so thank you. And um, so today's one of today's sponsors is audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E, you can get yourself a free ebook. I would recommend picking up The Martian if you are an INTP who has, um, who, who really enjoys 
your own thought process. You'll probably enjoy the main character's thought process and how they talk about this extreme scenario where they're trying to solve problems. They're trying to, uh, you know, escape Mars <laughs> and, and survive and um, having to deal with being a professional and still be true to themselves. I think the main character has a ton of character and the narrator is such a great voice actor that they play the different characters really well and it's entertaining so much fun and while the movie was great um really the the book is just an expansion on all of that the movie did a really good job but the book is like 10 hours of this person's thought process and it's really really wonderful so audibletrial.com slash dopamine d-o-p-e-a-m-i-n-e go pick that up uh and by doing that you support the channel and uh, support the, the podcast and the platform and uh, keeps everything moving along. So I appreciate that. So today's topic, we are talking about self-fulfilling prophecies. And uh, this is something I recently wrote an article about. So if you go to dopamine.life, you can read the article. And I'm going to be referencing that to make sure I stay on task. But for the most part, self-fulfilling prophecies are about our beliefs, our expectations, our um, quote-unquote predictions of the future, of our own future or other people's futures, the, you know, what's going to happen. And what we don't realize about these self-fulfilling prophecies is that by fixating on something, we end up enabling it and making it happen. So we're going to talk about some examples of that as we go through this. So I have to scroll back to the top because I was recording and it stopped, <laughs> but this is how we live our life, right? So, you know, the self-fulfilling prophecy is a, a socio, socio-psychological phenomenon, and um, it occurs when we're when someone is expecting or predicting something to come true, and because the person believes that it will come true, it influences the person's behavior to align with the fulfillment of that belief. It's sort of like this "I told you so" kind of feeling. We're quote-unquote predicting our future because of what we've told ourselves, what may have happened in the past, what we've been told about our potential, our beliefs about other people, and accepting the challenges we face as permanent inevitabilities. So these beliefs, which are basically certainties in our mind, that's what a belief is, right? You're believing that something to be true um, influences our actions to prove that we were right all along. And we do love to be right, even in the face of destruction. So that feeling of wanting to be right is this, like, I told you so kind of thing. And there's, I don't know, there's a certain kind of pride that I think a lot of people feel with um, with feeling like you can predict the future, right? It feels kind of like otherworldly. <laughs> it feels like this this feeling that you're... you're you're so you're super smart. You're kind of proving your intelligence by having figured out uh, what's happening. But in a way, you created it, and um, that gets more complicated as we go along. But in simpler terms, we create our own future because we know what's going to happen, quote unquote, no, and we quote unquote know because we believe it. So it's not because it's true, but it's because we believe it, and that belief creates a conviction that takes us into the future that we're basically manifesting for ourselves. And so, for example, if I'm expecting or predicting that 
my partner is going to cheat on me. My behavior towards my partner is going to influence my partner's desire to cheat on me by being paranoid, untrusting, insufferable, pointing out any potential threats, not having the bandwidth to tend to the relationship, and pushing my partner away. I'm creating consequences or conditions based on what I believe about the person or the situation. So at some point, I've told myself and continue to reinforce that this person is going to leave me or cheat on me. And through my own actions, as a result of my belief, they'll eventually attach to someone else who doesn't believe these things. So again, by fixating on what I think is going to be true, my belief about my own relationship or what my partner is going to do, I'm creating the opportunity, the probability that they're going to do that by basically not being a good partner, by being so fixated on them potentially being a bad partner. Uh, and, and you know, you have either experienced this or done this yourself. I've done this myself. I've fixated on the end of a relationship. And this is something that's actually improved Molly and I's relationship that I've at times become so fearful of the end of our relationship that I could see the dominoes starting to fall in that I was becoming insecure, which is like not attractive and fixating on, um, on all of the things that she was doing, right. Being something that was like against me and really just exacerbating this feeling that like, she's going to become so good that she's going to not want to be around me anymore. (laughs) Like that kind of thing. And, um, that's just, that's just nonsense. And I I've come to the point where I've started to think conversely about it, that, you know, this phenomenon of self-fulfilling prophecy is, is not inherently negative. And then I can flip the script on it. So if I believe that I deserve happiness and expect a happy relationship, then I will do everything in my power to make it so. And that includes leaving someone who isn't meeting my expectation. So if I have an expectation for a certain kind of future and my partner is not matching up to that, then I can actually set my own boundaries to be able to enable the future that I want. And it's easier for you to be able to see when someone is genuinely not being a good partner for you uh, instead of getting so mixed up in your own stuff and worried about like, well, am I just being a terrible partner? It's like, no, you know that you're doing your best. You know that you're focused on a good future and this person's not hitching along, then, you know, kick rocks. (laughs) So, um, you know, we're not predicting a future for ourselves per se. We're, we're putting better energy into a more positive expectation for ourselves and conversely, we, we we can do the same when we're fixated on a negative future is that we're putting negative energy into negative expectations for ourselves. And it's like hitting a target. Like, you know, if you're fixated on something, you're going to aim for it. So if you're fixated on the negative outcome, you're going to, you're going to aim for the negative outcome. Even if you feel like you're going to change direction at the last minute, um, you know, that's not how that works. <laughs> this is stuff that, uh, psychologically nurturing what we want in life takes time. And I think that's important to remember. So like in bigger picture terms, if we have a prejudice towards a race, gender, a creed, etc., which many of us have or had, 
and so I'm not picking on anyone, the assumption of intelligence of one of these types of people, whether that's like, you know, race related, gender, creed, etc., um, avoiding them altogether will not give them a chance to prove their actual intelligence, which will continue to reinforce our belief about that person or that type of person. And so it's easy to reinforce our own assumptions if we're actively avoiding the truth, the reality of, of who these people or this person or this representation of these people are, right? So I, I've had this with religion. I've had this with all sorts of people, right? Gender-related, race-related, like, and and there's a certain level of awareness to, to be aware of how you've done this in all sorts of different ways. Um, but I, I've done this with religion is probably the most obvious example in my life where I spent much of my life being an atheist and being atheist is, you know, for me, it, it, I had this really active vitriol to religion and thinking that people who were religious, I couldn't, I just couldn't take them seriously. I couldn't, uh, I had no trust towards them because which is a lot of people, <laughs> but no trust and just like closing yourself off to an entire group of people, um, really is, is creating a, um, a, a short sighted exposure to you're preventing exposure to a whole wealth of knowledge and people. So for me, I, I had to eventually, once I started becoming aware of how religion has been, helpful to people, how belief has been helpful to a lot of people. I realized that it wasn't about me and that I needed to let them be them. And I can still learn something from their experiences while still honoring my own experience. And I think my fear was that I was going to, that, you know, I was worried that they're, they would change my identity and who I was, which is probably a whole other podcast altogether. But I was avoiding having any in-depth conversations with anyone religious because I wanted to reinforce my own beliefs that they were stupid. And once I was able to allow myself to be exposed to the reality, the truth of more people's experiences, I was able to let go much more of that stereotype of those beliefs that I had around those types of people. So going from here, um, you know, if, if, if we define our situations as real, they are, they become real in their consequences. And saying that by choosing to believe something, we unintentionally influence our and others behavior, uh, to manifest what we expected or feared since in our mind, it is true. So that, again, this is about like belief that we are believing things, something to be true. And it's so hard to know that what we're experiencing is a belief because <laughs> we're convicted, right? We, we just see it as true. And if we see it as true, there's, you know, we have this relationship with belief being false and, you know, belief isn't necessarily false. Um, you know, belief can kind of give us the extra push to go in a direction we need to go in. It's not about belief being bad so much as it's about, um, you know, negative beliefs, being powerful and that belief in general is powerful that if we're going to have beliefs, we should focus on positive beliefs, right? So this isn't much different than having self-motivation or self-confidence and 
achieving a goal through that confidence, you set a target and you stick with the target. So this translates to a load of short examples that we could experience every day, that if we believe someone is creepy or strange, we may behave strangely and distant from them, reinforcing the uncomfortable feeling, regardless of what they say or do. Uh, if we wake up believing we're going to have a terrible day, then we may ignore anything positive that happens and simplify um, and, and simplify the negative, uh, or amplify the negative, rather. And um, if you need to deliver a speech or, um, yeah, a speech or, or some sort of presentation or a podcast <laughs> and expect for it to go terribly, then why practice and prepare at all? It becomes no surprise to you when you stumble, mumble, and fail to hit your marks. If we believe the limits of our personalities, then we will do everything we can to reinforce those beliefs by searching for or creating evidence for it. Um, you know, my, my fellow INTPs, we assume a lot that we can't or should not connect with other people, for example. And this, this notion of beliefs can be something that makes many INTPs very emotional, that belief is something to be prevented wholesale. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but really there's nothing wrong with belief. It's about really turning those beliefs into a positive belief. Um, and, and, you know, while many examples are um, expressed as like tragic in movies and TV and books, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy is not limited to negative outcomes. So that's really what this reframe is all about, that, that we do this anyway, right? A belief in oneself can manifest positive outcomes of a situation and it can manifest negative outcomes of a situation. What I'm trying to say here is this happens no matter what. If you're a thinker, you're a feeler, any of that, it doesn't matter. We manifest what we believe to be true to make ourselves right. <laughs> so we might as well manifest something positive, right? So if we believe that everyone has something interesting to offer, we spend time getting to know more people for who they are. If we expect financial success for ourselves, we persistently learn and make choices that reflect that vision. If we believe in our ability to perform well, then we properly prepare, roll with the punches, and give our best performance and have confidence in ourselves. If we believe that people are more than stereotypes and limits, then we will allow for more opportunity for ourselves and others to thrive and to really show who we really are. So we bend reality to reinforce what we believe or expect. And prove ourselves to be right by making ourselves right in the moment, even if it's, um, even in the act of avoiding it, you know, like in the movies that we were talking about, you know, so, so for instance, we're not avoiding global warming, we're building a clean future and building a clean future has the positive effect of not destroying the planet. So in, in essence, avoiding a negative future is not the same as creating a positive one. I'm going to say that again, because I think that's really important. Avoiding a negative future is not the same as creating a positive one. So avoidance is often nonspecific. It's anything but the thing, which makes quote unquote, the thing, our focus, as opposed to something positive that is specific. So going towards positive beliefs and predictions isn't about blind optimism. It's not about just, 
just, you know, avoiding negative things. Because optimism isn't the ignorance of reality. Optimism is an awareness that suffering doesn't last forever. And often by choosing to look at the doom and gloom, we assume that we're being realistic, more realistic than if we were being optimistic. But optimism isn't any less realistic than pessimism. So someone might ask, like, you know, shouldn't I just avoid belief altogether and focus on the pure truth and logic? And this gets to the, like the INTP of it all, right? Where we assume that being truthful and logical is is better. And if the movie examples have shown us anything, it's that avoidance is a lot of work. <laughs> and if you're an INTP or another thinking type who tends to think more logically, to be preoccupied with avoiding personal or others' beliefs, it's not only mentally taxing, but misses out on a world of experience. Like I was talking about with my religious example, there's so much that I've learned from talking to people who have been religious who who or who are religious, and I'm able to pluck the lessons that I need for myself without literally being indoctrinated, right? And I think that's sometimes the fear of that, um, uh, of, of respecting someone's perspective is a fear of, of their beliefs taking over our beliefs when really we're in control, we're in charge of our beliefs. So much of life's great narratives and stories live within belief, even if it doesn't make logical sense. You know, Molly and I's relationship is a great big belief. Uh, it's a story. It's a narrative. It's something that I appreciate. I could come up with all sorts of logical reasons why it doesn't make sense to be in a relationship. It might be cheaper. I might be in more control of my autonomy and my existence. Um, what I eat. Uh, I don't have to worry about, you know, making meals together. I can make something for myself. And, but ultimately ignoring those things, you know, avoids the story that I have a happy life and a relationship that is fulfilling. And I get more out of her being in my life, despite it, quote unquote, not making sense than I would if I went towards the logic of not being in a relationship. So, you know, that's the push and pull of it all. And ultimately, I like to, I want to face me. There was a call that came through. I need to, okay. I just need to make sure that that doesn't mute my, my recording. Um, so choosing to live a life of only logic and assuming it's the better way to be in every situation is also a belief <laughs> disguised as truth, right? Because you don't know necessarily that being purely logical is the perfect way to live your entire life because people have been happy with beliefs. People have been happy with some semblance of logic. Again, it's, it's a belief. It's a belief that your future is going to be better one way than it is another way. Uh, so it's just as a much of a belief as anything else. And therein lies the challenge with any attempt to avoid belief altogether is that we aren't always aware of our beliefs and how these predictions influence us, especially over time. I, I would rather there be a focus on the reframing to positive beliefs and confidence as more of a personal code and skill to develop over time. This way, you know, a positive reframing of your future can be applied to virtually every situation 
whether you're curiously aware of it or not. And you can go towards things that might not make sense, but are still positive for you. You know, right now it might not make sense that I could be a rock star, but if I keep my beacon focused on that or look at it as a beacon to be focused on rather, not my beacon, that's a little weird. Um, (laughs) uh, If I focus on that as a target, then I can influence my behavior to start learning how to, you know, improve my music production skills or my guitar lessons or find peace people to jam with. And I can actually start to go in that direction. So even if it doesn't make sense that you're capable of something right now, cause you might not have the skills yet, you can still create a positive target for yourself and, you know, go in that direction. I think that's, um, what this is really all about at the end of the day. Right. So it's about positive reframing that can be applied to virtually every situation. And in a sense, this is about manifesting. Now we keep using the word predicting quote unquote, but it's not quite predicting the future. We're not plucking something from the future. We're casting a vision and making it happen. We're going towards the future. We're forging the future, even if that vision comes from somewhere else. So this, this isn't magical thinking or making things appear in front of you out of nowhere. This isn't some woo woo thing. This is, you know, when, when harnessing this manifestation feeling, it it can sometimes feel like good things keep falling out of the sky. It can sometimes feel like magic. Like my life just keeps getting better and better because I have a focus now and I know what I'm building towards. And I keep thinking about the positive things that I want in my life you know, more money. I want to get a house. I want to build this business. I want to get more followers. I want to have people pay for coaching. I want to have people sign up for audible.com at audibletrial.com slash dopamine. (laughs) This is a, a, a different form of manifesting. It's a persistent psychological shift that creates opportunity for yourself over time by casting a more positive vision. You believe it and you go towards it. You're putting yourself in position to raise the probability of good things to happen. Again, it's not about certainties and beliefs can often feel like certainties. And it's not about looking at your beliefs as convictions, as absolutes, as perfect sculpted pieces of something, but it's about looking at your vision of the future as just something to go towards. And as you go towards it, it becomes clearer And you can keep creating the steps you need to get to that vision. So you're increasing the probability for new doors to open by just simply thinking about and keeping focused on the future you want. So I think this concept shows the importance of acknowledging the power over assumptions and expectations in producing our own future. The, The power that we have in producing our future and realizing that we have a say in what we tell ourselves, whether that's through confidence or limiting beliefs. So I hope this serves as an awareness or reminder that we're in control and that predicting and believing is a choice to quote unquote, know something as true for us. Meaning even if we are able to, even if we are told a prophecy about our future, about our personal future, that we're going to, we have the potential to be something that we're not walking towards that potential or that future. We're forging it. And if that belief or narrative 
doesn't match what we want, then it's our responsibility to change the vision. Belief can be a weapon or it can be a tool. We might as well use it to make our future something worth believing. All right, so thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, I think it's one of my personal favorites because I think the article that I wrote is one of my personal favorites. I started thinking about self-fulfilling prophecies because Molly and I continuously work on manifesting our own future. We're always thinking about, you know, keeping our eyes on the future in a positive light, despite what might be happening now. And it's not necessarily uh, a negative use of dissonance. Again, it's not false optimism. It's still looking at the reality of what we potentially could be capable of but also not discounting ourselves based on what, where we're at now and looking at and creating momentum slowly every single day and just doing the best we can. But I think if we're assuming that we're incapable, that we don't deserve our relationship, that we don't deserve success, that we don't deserve a better life, um, a post-COVID existence, that you know we're going to perpetuate these things. That if we're not working towards creating a better clean future for the planet then we're going to manifest the doom and gloom that we're always worried about Uh, or or you know creating this this vision of people on the other side of the aisle as something specific they're going to stay that way if we keep treating them that way and it's really about opening our minds to ourselves and to other people and allowing for new possibilities for better possibilities to create a better future. So if you really liked this podcast, especially for an INTP, I would hope you go check out our Cosmic Calibration program on dopamine.teachable.com, not dopable, dopamine.teachable.com. We're going to be launching a monthly service soon for all of our courses. Um, So you can go to bit.ly slash Cosmic Calibration to sign up for our email list and we'll get no- you'll get notified when that happens or you can go to dopamine.teachable.com and go pick up Cosmic Calibration it's all about developing your intuition as an INTP and really reframing some things like this ideas of belief and narratives and story and really welcoming a wider scope of thinking into your life that's really what it's all about so I would appreciate if you join us. That would be really amazing, and I can help you. And I also offer one-on-one coaching, uh, calendly.com slash dopamine. So as I said at the top of the show, we've got our uh, Audible sponsor, audibletrial.com slash dopamine. And if you go to our website, dopamine.life, we've got articles, podcasts, programs. You can take our personality test. And um, if you sign up for our email list, we've got all sorts of articles and resources and you can get a lot of basically behind the scenes looks of my thoughts i basically post the articles to my email list then they become an article then they become a podcast so if you want to get this stuff first sign up for our email list and you'll get all of that stuff first Um, and if you decide that you want to do a one-on-one coaching or profiling session with me um, you could do that through the website as well. There's a there's a link to do a profiling session, or you can go straight to dopamine.life/profiling session. So all of that said, um, 
this episode's one of my favorites. I hope you really enjoyed it. I hope you listened to it. Listen to it again. There's a lot in there. Um, but really, it's about staying focused, staying positive. In a lot of ways, it's like keeping an eye on your own paper, right? It's like we get so fixated on others and their behaviors and what they're doing, right or wrong. And really, it's if we focus on our future, what we want, keep creating a vision for ourselves, then we just we walk towards it. We set it as our target, and even if that that specific thing won't become that specific thing, it's not like it's not like you want a specific house and you'll get that house, but you'll probably get something like it and a future that's very similar to it. It might not be the specific partner you want, you know, the the vision that you want with your partner might end up becoming with someone else, but it's about getting to that vision that you want, that, that happiness, that, that place of, of being your best self is really what we're trying to, to create here. So that's it. I love you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. Do the best you can. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya.